Coming up on NRL Teams, the Randleyless Roosters are still reeling with Victor and Verrills sidelined for the season. How with the Chooks deal with the loss of a couple of key men against a Cam Munsterless Melbourne? The panel discusses what's wrong with Brisbane's unbalanced roster as the pressure continues to build on Anthony Seabold and his Broncos. Is it time for Benji Marshall to leave Tigertown? West Tigers great Robbie Farah has his say. And will the Eels still have their mojo without Mitch Moses? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams brought to you by Telfast. Yes, plenty to get uh, through when four o'clock comes and the teams for round eight drop. Uh, but Robbie Farrow, Brett Kamali, the big news this afternoon, uh, John Bateman will not be a Canberra Raider in 2021. He's been released from the final year of his uh, contract. Uh, Robbie, this is huge news given his sideline now. The, the Raiders expect him to play again this year, but mm. um, a big loss for the Raiders. He's a big loss, but I think uh, I commend the Raiders, you know. I think they've stood their ground and they, they have a value on what they think he's worth. Um, him, him and his management think he's worth more and, uh, you know, obviously their figures don't match up. So, you know, he's going to move on and look, I, look, back rolls are easy to replace. You know, like uh, it, you get your halves, you get your hookers, your fullbacks, obviously the key positions. Um, look, I think uh, he's a great player, was awesome for them last year, but I think when you're talking that sort of money... Um, you know, I think uh, you know, he'll go on and, and move for the money, but I think he's a player that they can easily replace. Noddy, we still don't know where he'll end up. There's talk he'll head back to the UK uh, with Wigan, or he could potentially go to the Bulldogs here in the NRL who are after him. But what, what immediate effect will this have on the Canberra playing group who are already under the pump? Yeah, I, I think it'll unite them a little bit, obviously. I think, as Robbie said, the fact that the Raiders have shown some good strength to, to not bow to the management group. We know last year they went through all those dramas of him asking for multiple releases, and it just causes a huge distraction. So uh, I think player happiness or, or club happiness leads to results. Um, so I think they'll unite around him. He's not playing at the moment, but... Um, I think it gets that drama out of the way. Everyone knows where it stands now. And, and they go, you know what, it's the last year we're going to have him in our squad, so let's make it the best year we can. All right, well, some of the NRL teams return home uh, to their home grounds this week. But back in vogue uh, this year are NRL trading cards. Now, uh, a couple of lucky winners at home. If you tell us which game you'd like to go to in round eight and why, oh, uh, if you comment on the NRL team's live stream on Facebook, you'll win yourself a box of these bad boys, yeah. NRL trading cards. So, uh, Robbie, who have you got? you got Luke Brooks? No, no. Cherry Evans. Oh, I've got Teddy. That's, 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 that's probably the best that's card. Market value right there. A bit of bargaining power. Yeah, a bit of bargaining. Yeah. I've got James Graham. I've already traded him back to U <laughs> back to Super League. So <laughs> James, you've been traded back to Super League. It is oh, a lucky dip. But as I said, head to the um, our Facebook uh, live stream and uh, comment which game you'd love to go to most. And where's why? the chewing gum? Oh, we need the chewing, the chewing gum. We're talking about this pre-show. Yeah. That's before my time. I've got, got some quality ball playing middle forwards. Oh, yeah. You, do, you know, I need some backs. I need. I've got some forwards. I need some backs. All right, well, you, you can trade Teddy, trade you can Teddy, trade yeah. Jake. That's the whole point of it. Uh, you can catch or get your cards at uh, Caltech service stations and all good news agents. Uh, in the meantime, let's see what uh, the predictions were for round seven. I think the Morris boys will both score a try against their old club, the Dragons. Morris! He's got three! If the Cowboys lose this weekend, I think Paul Green will be without a job next week. Full-time North Queensland, 32, Newcastle, 20. Parramatta's left edge will score three times. What a surprise. That, that's a win for me. How Josh is, Morris. How is it a win? Josh Morris gets ruled out with injury. Yeah. Yep. Brett so, Morris scores a try. 
Josh Morris scratched out the barriers. So I pay your I bet, Robbie paid, Farrah. I get paid off. The statement, I made get here, paid. the statement made here a week ago, and this is the NRL if team they both rules, play. was that they would both if score If they tries. both play. They need to play to score Josh a Morris didn't score. Are we sure that wasn't, are the, are we sure there wasn't three tries down the left edge? I checked the vision this morning. Ray Stone was under the sticks. Yeah. Two were down the, at the edge to Jennings and Sebo. The other side was Ryan Madison. Anyway, moving on to your three MVP players. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I gave one point to Sean Johnson. I think he's played with a, a bit of criticism lately uh, and played very well for the Sharks. Harry Grant, I gave my two points. And uh, Nathan Cleary, uh, big performance from him last week. Obviously, he has the help of Trent Barrett running, running half, running 5'8", and um, he got my three points. My, my one point went to Nathan Cleary as well. I thought yeah. he was outstanding. My two points, uh, Jake Clifford, I thought, obviously, the Cowboys, a club under pressure. Yeah. Uh, in a game they had to win, he really stood up. And my three points to uh, the Tigers, number nine, Harry Grant. He's, uh, yeah, he's going outstanding and he's, he's really made a difference in that side. Uh, well, the first ti Tiger with some consistency back hey, yeah. <laughs> Since Robbie was there last no. year. Should have uh, gotten rid of me a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> that buzzer means the team's a ring. Yeah. Uh, Benji Marshall, Harry Grant, joint leaders in the MVP votes. Let's look at the Storm and Roosters match, though. Cooper Cronk says Cam Munster is the most important part to Melbourne's playing puzzle, but the Storm will be without their star 5'8 for the next uh, three to four weeks. That sees Riley Jacks named in the halves alongside Jerome Hughes with Cameron Smith remaining at hooker. Christian Welsh is named up front but will need to pass all the relevant tests after failing his HIA against the Warriors. James Tedesco and Josh Morris return in the Roosters' back line, but the Premiers will still be hurting, knowing Victor Radley and Sam Verrills have played their final games of 2020 due to, sadly, a couple of ACL injuries. Jake Friend starts at hooker after coming off the bench last week, while Nat Butcher fills Radley's boots at lock after being loaned to the Warriors for the past couple of weeks. Pawasa Fa'amasili is uh, back on the bench. Uh, alongside Mitch Orbison, who played centre last week. Ryan Hall misses out, while Isaac Liu isn't expected back from a rib injury until uh, next week or the week after that. Uh, Noddy, uh, Cam Smith remains at nine. Are you yeah. surprised he didn't get moved to the halves, given he shifted in there against the Warriors? Yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on him. It pretty much means a lot of the go forward for the Melbourne Storm if they can win some play the balls. We've seen Smith do a masterclass out of dummy half a few weeks ago. Without Munster, then it means the ruck and the dummy half is technically all you've got to worry about. So Cam Smith, it becomes a lot easier to contain him. Well, he does when you haven't got those different yeah. points of attack. Yeah, uh, yeah. As Noddy said, uh, yeah, the defensive side can really focus on, on shutting his game down. Um, you know, whether he moves to halfback, as like, it happened against the Warriors, but you know, was that, a, I guess, an opportunity to kind of give him a bit of a rest in a game that they were easily in front, where he could defend out on an edge as well? And, release a bit of that workload. Uh, whether that happens this week and, and becomes a bit of a habit, I'm not too sure. But um, I, I wouldn't be moving him to halfback without Cameron Munster there at 5'8 either. Because I think then as well, it, become, it becomes even easier to shut down because you see him standing on which side, of the, yeah. whatever side of the ruck he's on, you know the ball's going to go there. All right, so the Storm will be away from their home base in Melbourne for the next uh, month at least. They're on the Sunshine yeah. Coast. Robbie, will it have any impact on their on-field performances? Look, I don't, I don't think so, as long as they're not there for too long. I think the longer it goes on, it, the, the more difficult it becomes. But um, as far as I know, uh, their family's going to be there as well, which is a massive advantage for them. And the Sunshine Coast is not a, not a bad place to be uh, you know, holed up for a, a few weeks. So um, a lot of their... I know their feeder clubs from up the Sunshine Coast as well, so a lot of the guys will be familiar to the area. And the fact that they've got their family there, I think they'll be fine. Noddy, uh, it was so sad to see... 
Victor Radley, Sam Verrills both injured on the weekend. Uh, but uh, Victor Radley in particular, why is he such a big loss this year compared to maybe last year for the Roosters? Well, I think last year he was more a kid coming off the bench. We saw the impact that he created with his line speed, his physicality, and we saw some of those signs of the ball-playing lock that he turned into uh, for the first few rounds this week. So as he's matured, he's turned into a quality player. He's a rep player now, so he's taking his whole game to a new level. Um, I think it puts a lot of pressure on, obviously, Nat Butcher comes in. Nat Butcher will play a very similar attacking style. I think they'll play the same flowing style as a team. But you don't have the the leg speed and also you don't have the physicality of a Victor Radley. Robbie, how does the uh, the loss of Radley impact someone like Kyle Flanagan? He's been solid in his first seven games, but yeah. he's been, uh, I guess, able to display his own game and let Luke Keery run the show. Yeah, I think he, can, he needs to continue to do that. I guess they'll come up with a plan around... The loss of Victor Radley, it's, it's going to be something that's long-term as well. So they've got to think about you know, which way we're going to take this team forward so that we're going deep into September. So you've also got Mitch Orbison there coming off the bench. He's a very versatile player. We've seen him play in the centres, uh, on the edge. Yeah, he could probably play that middle sort of role as well with his ball-playing ability. So it'll be interesting to see what changes they do make to their attack um, because they know now that Radley's not going to yeah. be there for the season. So, you know, they've got to think forward and, and think about what they're going to do. Plenty of eyeballs on this next match. The Raiders against the Dragons as the Green Machine return home to GIO Stadium on Friday night after a rocky road since the season resumed. Ricky Stewart has finally wielded the axe. On the end of it, Curtis Scott, the former Storm Centre, is on the bench. While Jordan Rappiner could miss two weeks with a calf injury, that sees Bailey Simonson return to the wing and Michael Oldfield named to start his first match of 2020. He's come off the bench three times previously this year. The good news is Joe Tarpany returns from a week off with a knee injury. The bad is that Corey Horsburgh is facing four months out. The Raiders are resigned to the fact that he's probably and sadly played his final game of 2020. Stability is something coaches love, so Paul McGregor will be happy that he's been able to name the same 17 that fought hard against the Roosters. Jacob Host isn't on the Saints team sheet after twinging a hammy in the warm-up to that match last week, while Tarek Sims is yet to recover from a broken wrist. Uh, Robbie, Curtis Scott is on the bench. There's been plenty of talk around his position. Uh, Is he the scapegoat in an underperforming Raiders side, or is he a centre that's really struggling. Oh, I think he's really struggling. Uh, to be honest, I think it's uh, yeah the first week you thought maybe it was an off week, but you know it's been two or three weeks now where he's been found out in, in defence and he's putting a lot of pressure on his side. And oh, I like this move from Sticky as well. He hasn't completely dropped him. I think it's similar to what Mary sort of did with Ben Hunt. Put him on the bench, take him away out of that you know, the pressure system, and uh, he can inject him into the game as well. Uh, yeah, when he, when he feels the need. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's probably the right move just to give him a bit of a break because he's really under the pump at the moment. The left edge for the Raiders has led in a try or two tries every week. Yeah. So you talk about what, what made them get to the grand final last year is how good they were defensively. They could just hang in games, hang in games, hang in games and find their way out of win. When you concede tries nearly every time they get down there, you can't build any pressure, you can't stay in the contest. For two weeks, Ricky Stewart said they're trying to do too much. They're overplaying their hands. What did they take out of the final, say, 10 minutes against the Eels? They got them back into the match. Got them back into the match, but they were already out of the match. So they, as you said, they might have relaxed and played a bit of footy, and they scored two very late tries. Um, I feel like if, if Ricky thinks that they're trying too hard, well, the more losses you have, the harder you're going to continue the try. So there's a lot of pressure on them. Uh, the, the, you know, we thought they'd be in the grand final. I had them as my favourites to win the competition, and now they're underperforming. Their attack was a lot better last week, but and their physicality was a lot better last week. I thought they played very, very good. 
had just come up against a red hot Parramatta side. Playing at home will be benef- will be a yeah. huge benefit for them. They've had to play home games and away games. They've travelled every week. Playing in Canberra is massive for them. Robbie, a, a month ago we were talking about Paul McGregor's future. The Dragons, what's different between that side then and the one we see now? Well, probably a bit of stability and a bit of confidence. I think, yeah, uh, yeah obviously they're under the pump. You've lo- you lose two games in a row, three, four, and the pressure builds. And, and sometimes all it takes is that one win to turn things around. And they got that one win against the Dogs, and then they were better the next week. And, and even last week, they had their chances against the Roosters to, to really win that game. So, um, look, I think there's a lot more confident playing group at the moment. And the changes that were made there to key positions, I, I think they're a more balanced side at the moment too. All right, it's good to see the Dragons uh, somewhere in uh, near their best, although they've got plenty of work to do this weekend against the Green Machine. The Eels, though, uh, they're really hitting their straps uh, this year. They're up against the Cowboys Friday night at Bankwest Stadium. Captain Clint Gutherson will wear number one in his 100th NRL match. The King hasn't been moved to the halves to accommodate for the loss of Mitch Moses, who will miss two to three weeks with a calf injury. Former Dragon Jai Field will play his first NRL match since round 16 last year and his first for the Eels. The only other change is on the bench. Dave Gower comes in for Daniel Alvaro. The Cowboys could be feeling the love on Friday with Valentine Holmes named on the reserves list as he pushes to return from an ankle injury. He has to get through training uh, today, tomorrow, before Paul Green makes a final call on him. If he is fit, you'd expect him to replace Hamaso Tabuifido at fullback. Tom Obercheck and Justin O'Neill have traded places in the back line, while Jordan McLean and Shane Wright remain in Paul Green's pack after being late ins last week. Uh, Noddy, uh, Clint Gutherson hasn't been moved to the halves, but he played pretty well there on the on the weekend. Would you have made the same move and bring in field at, at halfback? Oh, I think it's a great sign of confidence from the coach here. By Jay Field, he's a, I think he went on a development contract over the summer that you've got trust in him that he'll play the same system that you've practised all off-season. I think moving Gutherson to halfback, then you need a new fullback comes in, so you change your styles, mm. you disrupt two positions to, to fix a two-week or three-week void of Mitchell Moses. I think it's a great idea from Brad Arthur. Put Jyfield in, play a very similar style, put, you know, put trust in the kid, and then everyone else just goes about doing their own job and their own structure. So I don't think much changes for Parramatta. He's not going to be as good as Mitchell Moses, and you're going to get some tackle five finishes that won't be as polished mm. as Mitchell Moses. But they all now can go out and do their job that they've done over the last seven weeks, eight weeks. I think the big challenge for, for Field is going to be the defensive workload yeah. as well. Obviously, he's a small body in the front line. So yeah, he'll get a lot of traffic this week, and, and that's going to be the big test for him. Jason Tamalolo, namely, heading his yeah. way, perhaps. Yeah, well, another option could have been for, for Brad Arthur there is to move Ryan Madison to 5'8". We've seen him play a bit of 5'8". He did that with us uh, at the Tigers last year at, at certain times in the season when needed. So, yeah, he's a big body as well. So... Yeah, you know, I guess they had that option, but he's decided to go with Jai Field, and, and as Naughty said, it's a great sign of confidence by the coach. All right, the Cowboys, uh, they had plenty of soul-searching to do last week. Then they fronted up in front of their home crowd and got a win. This week, Robbie, they head to yeah. Bankwest against yep. the battle-hardened Eels side. Can they back it up? Well, the big thing is the travel, and, and I mentioned that uh, the week previous against the Tigers where you're getting off a three-hour mm. you know, flight to Sydney and then you're on a bus out to Campbelltown or to Bankwest. And I think people underestimate how difficult that is to do. So last week they were back at home uh, in their own surroundings, probably sleeping in their own beds, um, you know, and we saw the performance, uh, you know, that they produced. And, and the big challenge for them now, again, is the travel, and it's going to be how they show up at Bank West on, um, on Friday night. Well, you saw how flat Saturday. Newcastle were travelling to North Queensland yeah. to play that game. So they've got to do the reverse, come to Sydney, as you said. Yeah. The other thing is they were horrendous against the Tigers the week before. They got a spray from all their players. They, they had pride hurt. And they, 
it's easy to get up, I think, when you've when a, a player, a senior player gives you a spray and you've played poor. It's hard to get up this week because they've played so well last week. Oh, well, can't wait to see whether they do or not. That match is on Friday night. Uh, on Saturday, our attention turns to the Titans who take on the Sharks at Seabus Super Stadium, one of the lucky teams who also return home. After their win against their big brothers last weekend, Justin Holbrook has made just the two changes. Tyrone Peachy starts at centre in place of Dale Copley, who will miss four to six weeks after suffering a tear to his oblique muscle. That must be painful. Uh, his promotion to the starting uh, 13, Peachy that is, sees Bryce Cartwright earn a recall to the Titans bench. After weeks of being forced to chop and change his lineup due to injury in recent weeks, John Morris has finally got a settled lineup. The only positional change is up front. Andrew Fafita returns to the front row with Braden. Ueli uh, dropping back to the bench. Uh, Robbie, uh, the Titans have been up and down, a real mm. roller coaster for them since the resumption. But they've showed promise against the Tigers and on the weekend against the Broncos. How do they turn that into consistency and back it up with a win against an informed side? Yeah, look, I think they're improving every week and I think you're starting to see the influence um, of their coach Holbrook on the side. Uh, it was always going to take some time, a new coach coming in, a lot of new players in key positions. Uh, obviously, Jamal Fogarty came in as, as halfback. They, they moved um, Ash Taylor out to the six. We've seen Corey Thompson go up there as fullback, and, and he's really added to their side. You know, I would have resisted the, the temptation to move Tyron Peachy out to the centres. I think he's been really good from around the middle of the park, especially with the new rules and a, a bit of broken field play in the middle there. He's really looked dangerous every time he's touched the ball, but... Look, I think the Titans are really on the improve and I'm liking what I'm seeing for them. So, look, I think the Sharks are going to have their work cut out this week. Sean Johnson, a lot better against Manly, Noddy, uh, after the critics have been hitting him pretty hard in the last few weeks. Some great touches with his boot. Yeah. But how important is it that the Sharks don't become reliant on scoring tries off Sean Johnson's boot? Yeah, well, as you said, it's a wonderful kicking game he does have. The right foot goes to the right corner and it's against normally, you know, wingers or, or fullbacks who are out of position. And, and it, it does work. It's a great strength to have. But... Sometimes also you've got to rely on carrying the ball over the try line because if you get good defensive teams, really key positional fullbacks, then it's harder to score tries uh, through kicks. So uh, whilst it's working, it's great. I look forward to the battle actually between Ash Taylor and Sean Johnson because two five-eights that are absolutely yeah. on fire at the moment and, and we'll have a big play in who wins the game of football. So it'll be a good clash between the two sixes. What do you want to see out of Ash Taylor then against Sean Johnson, who is playing good football? I'd like to both of them to get tackled four or yeah. five times a game. That's what I'd like to see. Because if, if they're busy and they're around the ball then and they want to get tackled, they're, they're willing to, to play. I don't want to see him just catch pass and come up with we, kicks and go pre-line passes and pre-line kicks. We, we say it so many times. You know, halves are at their most dangerous when they're taking the line on and running. When they're a running threat, that opens up other opportunities yeah. with the ball. And that's why they've moved Taylor to 5'8". Um, yeah, and you like to see from Sean Johnson. I think sometimes Johnson gets into the habit of just passing yeah. or kicking. Yeah, we want to see him take the line on, and I think that's when they're at their best. Yeah, and we love seeing them at their best. Hopefully they are on Saturday. Uh, plenty of interest in this match as well. The Warriors against the Broncos. This is at Central Coast Stadium, 5.30 on Saturday. He's named, but the Warriors could be without their skipper, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, who is fighting his Grade 1 shoulder charge at the judiciary tonight. If successful, he'll avoid a one-match ban. David Fusatua is set to play Game 100 if he returns on the wing, while Patrick Herbert replaces Jared Bill in this uh, back line. Uh, the Warriors could have a new-look front row with Jermaine Tornoa-Brown and Ignatius Parsi starting and Wade Egan returning from suspension. That forces Carl Lawton back to the bench alongside on-loan warrior Jack Hetherington, who joined the club this week from the Panthers. Let's look at the Broncos. 
Corey Oates was set to play his 150th NRL match on Saturday, but unless Anthony Seabold has a late change of heart, the veteran winger will be denied that chance. Oates has been dropped with Jermaine Azarko returning to the starting side after he was demoted to the bench in round seven. Amongst all the negativity at Red Hill, it appears Matt Lodge will face the Warriors. Initial fears suggested he'd suffered another knee injury against the Titans. Patrick Harrigan and Tom Flegler are back from their one-match bans, while Joe Offangawi is banned for two weeks for a shoulder charge. Corey Pakes is on the reserves list as he pushes to return from a peck injury. Todd Payton had a tough night out in his first night as head coach, or interim head coach of the Warriors, and he wasn't too happy with his side's performance. Tonight's performance was an indication where exactly where we're at. If things go against us, we're not tough enough at the moment to dig ourselves out of it. Everyone misses their family. Everyone misses their family. But that's, that's still not a good enough reason to perform like the way we're performing. Um, that should be the reason why we actually pull our finger out and fight our butt off, is to do our families justice for all the people back home. And we're a million miles away. Robbie, one thing that your former Premiership winning teammate doesn't miss is passion. Mm. Now, he's given his team a public dressing down in just his second press conference as coach. What message is he trying to send to the team inside those four walls? Well, as a, as a player, a former player, I think the one thing you never want question is your attitude or your commitment. Um, and, and there as a coach questioning their commitment, um, you know, dealing with adversity, hanging in there during the tough times. You want, you want to pride yourself on that as an NRL player. You, know, you might have an off game in terms of skill, dropping the ball, whatever it may be. It might just be an off day, but you never want your commitment question. And he's, he's questioned their commitment then. I think he's done it for a reason, and he wants to see a reaction this week. Does it always get a reaction? Does it always work as a player? Or how long does it, the, the emotion last? First 10 minutes? It, well, yeah. Yeah, well, you'd like, to, like it to ask, uh, last 80. Um, look, he'll get a reaction, as you said, how long is it going to last? It's not going to be something they can change overnight too. The Warriors have obviously had a bit of that culture for a while now where, you know, when things go against them, you know, when they're great, they're great. But on, when they're not, you know, they can be really poor. So, look, he obviously, he knows what he needs to change and he hasn't wasted any time in trying to do that. Speaking of really poor, the Brisbane Broncos have been very poor of late. Uh, their premiership winning uh, former 5'8", Ben Iken, had this to say on NRL 360 about the Broncos' current roster. The list mm. management at the Brisbane Broncos has been disgusting. Disgusting. Well, yeah, there's mistakes. There's no way time. around it. The, the, the 30-man squad that they have assembled is ineffective. The system is broken. Mm. That 30-man squad is so twisted and out of balance that they've arrived at this point mm. where they got beaten by the last-place Titans. Mm. That, of course, courtesy of Foxtel and their program NRL 360. Some very strong words there. Do you agree how unbalanced is this Broncos roster. Yeah, I agree, yeah, definitely. The, the thing they've got to be for Anthony Seabold is they've got to be patient, which the Brisbane Broncos don't do. I think they're in the darkest time in their 32-year history. They've, they've got the, the squad totally forward-dominated, and they're probably a... They, they, Wayne kept a lot of those ex-players or older generation of players when he was the coach there, so they all of a sudden they've had to move on. They're probably a... Their success is they've got this great crop of kids coming through, so you've got to keep the crop of kids, but they're kids. There's no senior players steering the side around. If they had a, a quality halfback, a quality dummy half, I think this team would still be competing for the, for the top eight. But they're all kids. Pass. Uh, 
Payne Haas, Lodge, Pangai Jr., David Feeder. One of those guys have got to go so they can actually get their salary cap in correct order. Jack Bird's on a million dollars. Anthony Milford's on a million dollars. That's the thing. Like, you're calling them kids. They're, they're on the big money. You want to earn the big money? Go out and perform. And, and like, Fafita, international. Payne Haas, international origin player. Mm. You know? So they've been around the rep team. Last year they were inexperienced, but they got a f- full year of NRL under their belt. You know, you'd expect them to be better this yeah. year. There are a side, you know, they, they do have their injuries. They've had their injuries. Yeah. But, you know, some of the performances they've been putting up, and again, at times, it's like they just not even mentally in the game. It's like they're just not there. Last week against the Titans, and then and then me, like, seeing them laugh and smile after the game, I, I couldn't cop that as a player. I used to see that from some of my players, and that would just I'd have steam coming out of my ears. They're lacking key players in the key yeah, positions. Like I know you, you talk about some of the kids are five gamers, ten gamers, fifteen gamers, twenty gamers. You play some rep football, but I also think there's the ego up there is I want to be the best player in this team. So that's the forwards of those in the, the players. I reckon they compete amongst themselves to be the stars on the weekly performance. Are you saying, Robbie, that the the argument of youth and inexperience is a cop out for this current crop of Broncos? I think it is. I'm of the opinion you're playing NRL, you're expected to perform, whether you're 18 years old or 28 years old. And these, a lot of these guys have 40, 50 NRL games under their belt. They've been in the rep scene. You know, so th- these aren't guys that have just been thrown into the deep end. Yeah, Brody, Co- Brody, Cro- uh, Brody Croft, sorry. Yeah, we spoke up about how good he was going to be for the Broncos at the start of the year because it'd free up Milford at 5'8 yeah. because Croft's such an organising halfback. Yeah, Milford's game's gone backwards. Well, it's Brodie yeah. Croft a poor decision because yeah, when did Melbourne let a player go of quality? Like, but, but look back to round one and two. Brodie Croft was one of their best players. Actually, Actually, got injured, it's it's right? changed. The style yeah. of football has totally let... changed too from what round one and round two was. It was slow. It was structure. It was build pressure. Who does that fall back on, the players or the coach? Both. Right. And who does the roster fall back on? Like recruitment? Yeah. Anyway, we could yeah. be here all day <laughs> talking about the Broncos. Uh, plenty of eyeballs on this one uh, on the weekend, but you have a chance to go to that match. Of course, uh, tickets from $15, head to Ticketek for that. Meanwhile, the West Tigers face the Panthers on a Saturday night, the Battle of the Big Cats. At this stage, Michael Maguire has made uh, no changes to the 17 that got the job done against the Bulldogs on Sunday night. That means Benji Marshall has again been overlooked. Fellow veterans Chris Lawrence and Russell Packer are also on the reserves list. Let's look at the Panthers. Josh Mansour is set to be the only change for Ivan Cleary's side. The veteran is named to come back from a chronic knee injury, replacing Brent Naden on the wing. Tyro May is again in Jersey at 21. Now, Robbie, there were there was a story yesterday uh, about Benji Marshall potentially being shopped around by his manager. Uh, it's a sad day, I guess, if, if he's going to leave the club. What would you do if you were in his shoes? No, I wouldn't leave, and I don't think Benji will leave. I think that's a, a load of rubbish, to be honest. Um, yeah, Benji's still a, a massive part of the Tigers. He has a massive influence off the field um, in the leadership role. You know, I've seen it firsthand how well respected he is amongst the playing group and how well he leads day in, day out of training. So even though he's not playing, I know Madge would want Benji around that, that group and he's got a massive role to play. So, I, I, you know, Benji's, Benji left the Tigers once before and it just didn't feel right. And I want to see him finish his career at the Tigers. Him going elsewhere to finish his career is just not going to sit right with me. It's not going to sit right with him. Um, and things can change in rugby league. But, but All it takes is one injury and he's back in. So I don't think anyone wants to see him leave, but no yeah. one... We don't, want to, we don't want to see him leave. We also don't want to don't see Benji Marshall finish his career, career on the sidelines. 100%. 100%. No, no one wants to see that. But I still think he's got a massive 
part to play in this squad you know, for this year. It's, there's still a long way to go and things change in rugby league. The coach got the response he wanted, though, from the team, from the decision he made. Mike Maguire put him on the bench three weeks ago and wanted more consistency and put everyone on notice. They've been great the last few weeks. They have, but I wouldn't say that was like the, the fact they weren't great before that no, was no, Benji's that, fault. That's you part, know of, what I mean? that's so, part of the message. This is yeah. actually the game of the round, this one. The Tigers first yeah, minute, it's the game of the Top. round. They're going to be really physical at each other. Um, yep. You know, Nathan Cleary is in superb form. Um, the forwards will battle each other out. Madges, this is a good test to see where the Tigers are at well, in that in that it, fight for the full 80 minutes. It, it's a great test. Well, I, I really like what the Tigers are doing at the moment. They've been a different side since the resumption of, of the season. And because of the, and, and we spoke about it, Harry Grant at Hooker yeah. and Adam Dewey at fullback, I think the job he's doing there has been un, under uh, understated. He's really added to that side. Um, and then you've got Brooksy this week coming up against Nathan Cleary, who is the benchmark of halfbacks at the moment. So it's a great test for Brooksy. You know, I've been calling for a lot more leadership and consistency from, from Luke Brooks for, for a few weeks now. And there's no greater challenge than this week against the Panthers. All right. Well, the Panthers are purring at the moment uh, in outright second after a win against the Rabbitohs. It's a one loss this year. Uh, they face five top eight teams between now and the end of the year in 13 games. But Noddy, only one top four side. How important is it for them to make the most of this strong start and go on with it? Last year, they only won two of their first ten. Then they went on a roll and then they fell away and missed the finals. Yeah, and for a shortened season, I think it's really important to start really well. But you're going to have to be consistent all year because I think for and against will come down to who makes the top eight this year. Um, as you said, if you if you if you perceive to have a favourable draw, which they, as you said, Zach, they seem to have a draw with the sides all below them because they they're currently sitting second with not many injuries in the club as well, so they're absolutely flying, you've still got to play good week in, week out. The, the, the style of football now, it's fast, it's in advantage of the attacking side. We saw the, a couple of clubs on the weekend that had coaches under enormous pressure all win. You can't just go to a game now and go, mm. oh, we, we should win. You've well, they're really the games you lose. Yeah. They're the games you lose where yeah. you show up thinking, we should win. We should win. Everyone okay. thought Newcastle got there and should beat the Cowboys. You know, no one expected that scoreline. So there's not much difference between the top eight top eight sides and the lesser sides. So if you're, you know, three or four or five percent off your game, you're going to get beat. Speaking of the Knights, uh, they've got to back up that loss to the Cowboys against Manly, who were beaten by the Sharks in round seven. As the Seagulls return to Lotto Land on Sunday afternoon, Ruben Garrick has been named as Manly's preferred fullback. Moses Sully is a big in in the centres, forcing Manly's Mr. Fixit, Brendan Elliott, out of the 17. Martin Tapau is back in the starting side, so Sean Kepi drops back to the bench. In the case of the Knights, it's one big in and one big out. Young gun Braden Best is back in the centres after he was forced to self-isolate for a week after failing to get permission to visit his uh, parents. Tim Glasby is out after suffering a head knock last week, so Herman S.A.S.A. starts with Pasami Solo. Uh, the new man on the bench. Robbie, uh, we all spoke last week about the impact of Tom Trebojevic missing in terms mm. of Manly's attack. But what about their defence and, and what he would do vocally for that team from the back and set up their structures? The, the fullback in a team has to be their best defender. You see it with the Roosters. The Roosters' best defender is James Tedesco. You see he's organising the numbers at the back, plugging a hole when he needs to plug a hole. That's why the Roosters' defence is so good. People don't understand how big a role a fullback plays in organising the defensive line. And as we've seen with Manly, I think they're going to miss that component of Tom's game. You see some of the tri-saves he's come up with. Like, that's no fluke. He does it consistently week in, week out. And that's something that Ruben Garrick you know, really has to you know, step up and, and, and you know, bring to the side what they're going to miss from Tommy Turbo. 
we knew they'd struggle without Tommy. I think they'll struggle for every week that Tommy doesn't play. But and it's not so much the tries he scores; it's the one he saves. Yeah. I listened to the game going up to the Central Coast last Sunday, and all I heard the commentators were saying were, "Tom Trevojevic stops that try. Tom Trevojevic is in a better position. Tom stops this. Tom stops that." But it'll happen until he comes back. Yeah, they're going to concede twenty points. So I think the next. We we know they're a great defensive team. Without Tom, they'll concede twenty plus points every week. Bold prediction. We haven't even asked for yours for this week. You've gone off early. We'll replay that every week if they don't, don't you? Who worry? Uh, Speaking of the Knights, yeah, they weren't too good against the Cowboys last week and their coach wasn't happy. Complacency. Lack of grit. They were willing to to fight really hard for everything and I, I I just think we wanted to get to the end result way too quick. We're not that team. We can't just turn up and hope that, you know, close to our best is going to be good enough. We're not there yet. Yeah, some strong words from Adam O'Brien. Said they were complacent against the Cowboys. He's listening to Robbie Farrar. That's live, that interview, isn't he? He just heard Robbie Farrar say, just can't turn up and go through the motions, you get beat. On point last week on teams. Should be a coach. <laughs> oh, mate, no chance. No chance. Way too much. I've got, no gra- I got no grades yet. Yeah. Let's keep it that way. Maybe an assistant. Yeah. Let's focus no. on their leader on field in Mitchell Pearce. Yeah. Probably hasn't been playing his best footy over the past month. But uh, as the senior player yeah. in that team, what will he be doing? Not only vocally, yeah. but what does he have to do on field this week? Well, I agree with the coach. They've gone win-loss, win-loss uh, since they've come back. And they look great, then they look poor. So... Um, yeah, Mitchell's certainly, as you said, he's the leader. There was reports last week about Caelan Ponga being stopped. Well, they just, they played bad in Newcastle. Mitchell Pearce, though, the thing about Mitchell Pearce, he's a, he's a very much similar player to a Cooper Cronk. They play the same style week in, week out. So you know what you're going to get from him, and he can manage a game, but I'm not too sure whether he can change his game and be creative or play off the cuff when you are behind. So, Is that a worry for the Knights? Well, that... Well, the good part is you know what you get 90% of the time. The hard part is if Mitchell has a bad day, then who else steps up? Tex Hoy. No, I'm joking. But he's a good player, but he's, oh, he's yeah. a halfback. Yeah, and because Mitchell's so dumb, Mitchell plays open half and does all the kicking. So you put that much responsibility into one player, you're going to get a lot of good. But on a day like last week when he had a bad day, the team goes bad. Well said. Yeah, I think that's where you know, you, someone like a Caelan Ponga needs to step up when... Mitch Pearce, you know, as you said, Mitch yeah. Pearce is pretty structured. Uh, he's not going to be you know, one of those off-the-cuff yeah. sort of halfbacks, whereas Caelan Ponga is that off-the-cuff sort of player. So when the structures are failing, I think Caelan Ponga then becomes that man that tries to drag him out of it. And when you're on the big bucks like he is, yeah. you know, you've got to drag your team out of a hole when, when you need it. All right, uh, round eight rounds out with the Bulldogs taking on the Bunnies at Bankwest Stadium, 6.30pm on Sunday. Plenty of changes uh, for Canberra again this week with Dean Payne naming a near brand new backline uh, in terms of the back five anyway. Will Hopperwadi's nasty ankle injury that will see him miss up to eight weeks sees Dallin Watene Zalesniak move to fullback. Nick Meaney is back on the wing. Christian Crichton is on the other, while Remus Smith shifts to the centres alongside Marcelo Montoya. Jake Avarillo hasn't been named. He suffered a head knock against the Tigers. While Dylan Napa will play game 150 in the NRL. And big man, their newest recruit, 
Luke Thompson, the Englishman, is in jersey 21, so he could be a late in. Go on, lad. Get him on there. Jimmy the Jet. Go <laughs> on, lad. We said goodbye to one Englishman last week. We welcome one this week, potentially. Jimmy the Jet is set to take off uh, in South Sydney's starting side for the first time since round two. James Roberts he is in the centres, trading places with Braden Burns. We'll get to Luke Thompson shortly, but Will Hopawadi, why is he such a big loss for the Bulldogs? Because he's just about their best player. Yeah. Runs for 200 metres. Uh, again, we talk about a fullback being very important positionally to defend the side. Well, he saves a lot of tries for Canterbury. Sets to the defensive line. Um, pushes up in support. Um, and between Dallin and Dallin and, and Hopawati, they're probably the best two runners in the in the whole side. So it's a massive loss for them. So for a side that doesn't have a star-started roster already, uh, they struggle to score points. With him missing, it'll make their. I think it'll make their attack even. Yeah. Even simpler or even harder to score points. Yeah, well, they, they look shot. As, as soon as he went off the field yeah. uh, on the weekend, uh, yeah, he was a massive loss for him. Obviously, the change that was made a few weeks ago, putting him back to fullback, yeah. uh, Zelezniak back on the wing, I thought really added to their structure. Whereas now, they're out without him long term. Uh, I think they're really going to struggle. What about Luke Thompson? Uh, what do the Bulldogs gain by not playing him this week? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, just your, your season, like... Yeah. By not playing him, you're pretty much giving up on your season as a coach. I think, obviously, they're at the bottom of the table. They need to win, and they need to win a lot of games. They can't afford to not play him. Yeah, he's their star recruit. Throw him straight in the deep end. He's coming up against Tom Burgess, a fellow Englishman. He's going to take, it, take on that challenge. Uh, he's going to add to their side, so I think he's got to play. Nathan Brown made some comments on the weekend that he's a very fit English forward. Like, he, he, minutes won't be a problem to him. And he's, he's had, what, 14 days in... Quarantine. He's had a week in Sydney. So he's done a bit of running, but as you said, you just got to chuck him but out if, there. if you don't give him minutes, he's not going to be playing reserve grade to get his fitness up. Play so he's just going to be sitting there waiting another week, and then you're going to have the same problem the next week Play where he hasn't minutes, played any minutes under his belt. So, you know, just throw him in there. You Should sure be you haven't been down there with Madge with the Tigers, you know, pulling the strings? From don't know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, uh, all right. Maybe we've got some insight yeah. there. Uh, Speaking of the Bunnies, uh, they have been in a lot of matches this year, even against the good sides, but they've fallen away at the death. Uh, and uh, Damien Cook uh, says it's a bit of a worry for the Rabbitohs. We've actually made it very hard for ourselves against the good sides. We saw on the weekend, uh, I know Bam's got the win over us, but we, we pretty much handed them the game with the amount of errors that we had. So we can't be doing that um, you know, against any side. The comp's wide open and here we are making handling errors uh, and giving away easy penalties and allowing teams out of their own end. So we just haven't applied that pressure to anyone yet. So I don't think it's much to do with experience. I think we've got plenty here. Now, you've played under Wayne Bennett. I've spent some time with Wayne Bennett. That is a Wayne Bennett coach statement. High completion rate, build pressure, and minimise our penalties against us. That wins football games. So why is that? Is that the only reason why the bunnies? They're not building. They're not, the they're not building pressure. They're not making the opposition work hard out of their end, which means they're they're they're, con, they're conceding points. They're not building pressure. They're trying. You know, they they don't get yeah, into the game and make them. Build, building building pressure and learning to win those tight games comes with experience. So I completely disagree with Cookie there, saying that their inexperience isn't affecting them. Now, I said at the end of the last year, you, you can't lose Sam Burgess, John Sutton, yeah, obviously George Burgess, a lot of games under his belt, without replacing those calibre of players with some experienced players. You just can't do it. You, know, you can't expect these young kids to come up and be consistent week in, week out, perform at their best. You don't do that until you've played 50, 60, 70 NRL games. They haven't, got, you just they haven't replaced those experienced players. That, They're not kids. No, no, I'm not saying they're kids. <laughs> But I'm saying to handle the rigours of NRL week in, week out and to – you need games under your – like 
Like you talk, Sam Burgess is irreplaceable. John Sutton, 15-year NRL player, captain, soul of the club. You know, so you're not talking about nobodies that they've let go or that have retired or moved on. You know, obviously Greg Inglis. You know, a lot of there's there's no leaders in that that south side. Well said. All right, make sure you, you tune in to all <laughs> eight matches this weekend. You can do so uh, via our broadcast partners, Nine, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, uh, KO the app, and also using your Telstra Live Pass right here on the NRL app. And if you want to watch the Warriors and Broncos game in the flesh, you can still do so. That's on Saturday afternoon on the Central Coast. Watch it live. If you're anywhere near the Central Coast, you haven't seen footy for, what, three or so months, grab a ticket. They're from $15.00. And you can grab them from Ticketek to secure yours today. Now, there has been some news, uh, gents, today regarding the six again rule. I'll just read this quickly. Today, the Australian Rugby League uh, Commission has pushed through a tweak of the six again rule. Referees can now restart the tackle count if markers aren't square or break early. They believe it's been a trend with teams and players trying to get around the six-a-game rule. And it's been a trend for 15 years. I've got to get a penalty from Marcus not being square. This is a joke. They've changed all the rules as soon as I've retired. Well, fast game's a good game, so <laughs> I, I applaud the fact that they're trying to get on top of things um, and try and stay ahead of the coach. Well, we said that the coaches will come up with ways of correcting the, the six-to-go rule with the hand on the ball. Well, they did. Well, now the commission have gone ahead of the coaches. It's well, let's, let's hope it's not <laughs> toing and froing all year. Let's hope that's it for the rule changes. Anyway... Your prediction for round eight? My prediction... And the rule is, if a player gets scratched, you say they're going to score a try. No, 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 no. That's clear. That's an outrageous From the producer rule. in the year. My prediction is the Tigers to beat the Panthers this week and Luke Brooks to get a points decision over Nathan Cleary. Come on, Brooksy. Don't let me down. I've got Matt Dufty, two try assists for the Dragons. I think they'll cause an upset as well. Against the Raiders Ooh, in Canberra. Yeah. Mm. OK, I like it a lot. Uh, Make sure you tune in on Monday to Inside the NRL. Katie Brown, Michael Chamis and Jamie Soward will dissect all the big talking points out of round eight on Monday at 5pm right here on NRL.com. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. In the meantime, enjoy all the footy in round eight. We'll see you next Tuesday.